The following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. Well, hey, good morning once again. Wow. Nine o'clock. I feel like I've got to do that every week. And is anybody tired of me saying, come on, nine o'clock, right? Like, it's just getting strange, but... Hey, good morning. If I didn't get a chance to meet you, I'm Chris. I'm the uh, lead pastor here. Glad to be with you today. Uh, Would you please, if you brought your Bibles, and I hope you did, open them up to Matthew chapter 4. That's where we're going to spend some time today. Matthew 4, if you're with us online, uh, the Gospel of Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Chapter 4 is the big number. Uh, We're going to spend some time in that text today. Uh, As you're turning there, uh, anybody in here, uh, like me, take uh, piano lessons when you were a kid? Maybe you still do. I don't know, but took some piano lessons. Yeah, a few of you have. Okay, Um, I I did as well. I took six years of piano uh, lessons when I was a child, uh, and then I quit in junior high. Okay, so I quit in junior high. Why? Because of a new revelation, okay, uh, for me at that time in my life called girls. That's that. Um, literally, that's why I quit. Uh, and because of a of a little band called Nirvana. Okay, uh, and it seemed to me that if, if I wanted to get to know girls, I needed to be the kind of guy that girls were into, and guys or girls at that time were into guys who I thought could play guitar like Kurt Cobain from Nirvana, so I dropped the piano and I picked up the guitar in junior high. That's what I did. Uh, I deeply regret it. Not the, not the picking up the guitar part, but I deeply regret stopping the piano thing because a little later in life, uh, another band got cool called Coldplay, and... Uh, Man, wouldn't it have been as sweet if there were two Chris Martins who could rock out at a keyboard, right? It would have been a real deal thing. Alas, it did not last, but um, hey, I took piano lessons from a lady named Mrs. Litton in Colorado Springs, six years, went uh, every single week to Mrs. Litton's house, uh, and I did all right, okay? I did okay. It was pretty decent at piano. Uh, big problem for me, uh, though, in the piano world was that I really, I really hated to practice, like I just hated it, right? And, and very often, here's what would happen. I would wait all week, okay, all week long until the day before my lesson. And I was like, you know, you just, you just wake up that morning and be like, oh no, right? Just wake up, oh no, I gotta go see Mrs. Litton tomorrow. And I haven't practiced. So, so I, w- I would imad- immediately pull out from the little bench piano holster uh, my Alfred piano books. If you took piano lessons, you know what those are, okay? The Alfred books. And then I would just cram on the piano whatever information, whatever play, I had to just cram it all into my brain uh, so that I could have that practice. I would go visit Miss Litton the next day. And listen, most often, I was able to kind of just get by and make it through my lesson and do okay. But, but here, 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 here's a question. How many of you know that you don't get good by simply getting by? You don't get good by, by just getting by, by just skating by on things. Today, we start uh, a brand new sermon series, Savior Cheers, right? We just finished 36 weeks in 1 Corinthians. Uh, today, we start a six-week topical sermon series we're calling The Disciplines. We're calling it The Disciplines. And, uh, 
And you know, we don't do a lot of topical stuff here at Fathom. If you've been with us, we normally just tackle books of the Bible. We will get back into that uh, after these six weeks. I really felt like the Lord laid this on my heart for our church. Uh, Because in so many of my conversations with y'all this year specifically, um, when, when I ask how you're, do, how you're doing with your, in your relationship with God, how are you doing with God? Um, the, 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 the idea that I hear from a lot of you is that you're just getting by. That you're just kind of, I'm just getting by. But listen to me, God doesn't want you to just get by in your faith journey. He doesn't want you to just survive it. He wants you to thrive. He doesn't want you to just barely scrape by. He wants you to flourish. He doesn't want you to just kind of stay where you're at. He wants you to mature. This is our vision at Fathom is to see you go deeper with God and you can't get there by simply getting by. You just can't. So what we're going to do is we are going to dig into what are classically called spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. Some uh, will call them habits. Uh, some call them spiritual practices. I'm going to just keep referring to them as the disciplines. The disciplines. We are going to talk about the disciplines for the next six weeks. I was first introduced to the disciplines when I was in college. Okay, I, I wasn't raised in the church. God, uh, he saved me when I was 16, so I didn't really have a background in this. Uh, and then I, I was a freshman in college, and I didn't really have much depth in my faith. I was pretty new at this thing. Uh, I really didn't have much going on in my faith life. Now, hear me. I really, really, really loved Jesus. Like, I really loved Jesus, and I wanted to follow him. I just wasn't sure how to go deeper with him. I didn't know the how for following Jesus. And so I went to CCU, go Cougars. There they are, all right. Um, I call it the Ivy League of the West, but you know, whatever. Uh, I was sitting at a chapel service at CCU. Every, every Tuesday, Thursday, we had chapel. Uh, and the speaker for the day was um, an, a, a frail 90-year-old man uh, speaking to us, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds at CCU. He was being interviewed by one of my professors, and his name was Vernon Grounds, uh, this 90-year-old guy named Vernon Grounds. Uh, he was at one point the, the, the president of Denver Seminary back in the 1950s, uh, and uh, my professor was interviewing Dr. Grounds on, uh, essentially the topic was advice to young Christians, Advice to young Christians. Now, hear me. During my time at CCU, I probably sat through 200 chapel services, and I can count on one hand the, the amount that I remember from those chapel services. That's nothing to say about the chapel services at CCU. That's an indictment on me, all right? That was my bad. Uh, but one question that my professor asked Dr. Grounds, it hit me, and it stuck with me to the point where I can still vividly picture the moment sitting in the CCU field house, hearing him answer this question. Here's what he said. The, the professor asked Dr. Grounds, he said, so Dr. Grounds, tell us, a 90-year-old man, what, what is the secret to the victorious Christian life. Like, what's the secret? What's the secret sauce that gets you to be this old guy who just loves Jesus and oozes Jesus to everyone that he meets? And Vernon, his answer, it struck me. Now, I was pretty new, like a green behind the ears Christian, 18-year-old, and I connected with this 90-year-old man in his answer. Here's what he said. He said, the victorious Christian life is lived in spiritual disciplines practiced in simplicity and consistency. 
The victorious Christian life is lived in spiritual disciplines practiced in simplicity and consistency. He said, it's not about doing a lot of really big, great, momentous things for the Lord that gets you that victorious Christian life. It's not about being a major figure or like a celebrity pastor, anything like that. Rather, the victorious Christian life is found in small, simple things practiced for a long time. Simplicity and consistency. So for the next six weeks, we're going to walk through six of uh, these disciplines, spiritual disciplines, uh, because I think many of us right now are simply getting by in our faith. This year has challenged us, challenged a lot of us to the point where we're just kind of getting by. We're just hoping to survive 2020. And then we will deal with 2021 in a few months. But hear me here. The things that you do daily, your disciplines, the things that you do every single day, they define who you become. You want to know who you are? Look at what you do every day. That's who you really are. That's not what, who you say you are. It's what you actually practice every day. That's who you are. And my sense is that in our hope to just kind of survive and get by this year, we've settled into some bad practices or maybe even some bad habits. And many of us have lost all kind of rhythm of any kind of spiritual discipline we may have practiced. And listen to me, that will define who you become. I mean, y'all are here, but if you didn't go to church for six months, if you never logged in for six months, that will have an effect on you. If you don't read your Bible ever on your own, that will have an effect on you. What you do defines who you are. So what we're going to do is we're going to preach through these six disciplines and we're going to challenge ourselves to start practicing them. Okay, Uh, simple and consistent. So don't freak out. Simple and consistent. We're not going to overwhelm each other. We're not going to have delusions of grandeur. You're not going to become saints like burning through your jeans, praying on your knees for hours each day. We're not going to go like crazy. We're just going to practice simple and consistent disciplines and see if God does not start taking us deeper. Now, before we jump into our first discipline, let me just say one more thing, okay? Um, by, By habits and practices and disciplines, here's what I don't mean, okay? Um, I don't mean that we just need to grit down and try harder. Okay, you ever try that? You ever do that? Like in your faith, the try harder method? You ever do this? I mean, the gospel, hear me here. The gospel is not God is good, you are bad, so try harder. That's not the message of the gospel. But hear me, that's what so many of us have bought into. We've bought into this, like, I just gotta try harder. I just got to do better. I'm really blowing it right now. I just need to double down on my effort and just try harder to love Jesus better. Problem is, if you've been following Jesus for any amount of time, you know that doesn't work. Anybody try the try harder method? Yeah, okay. It doesn't work. Here's why. Because depending on your disposition, you can try really, really hard and you might make it a day or a week or a month or maybe even a year if you're really good at trying harder, okay? But the try harder methodology methodology will eventually fail you. It will eventually burn you out. Why? Because the try harder method is, is based on being motivated, Try harder is a motivation, but hear me, motivation will dry up on you. 
It will dry up on you. And when motivation fails you, you need discipline to take its place. When motivation dries up, you need discipline to step in. When we talk about the disciplines, you need to get this idea deep down in your heart, okay? It's not about trying, it's about training. Okay, we don't try, we train. We train. So I've got a friend, uh, actually a number of friends, who have competed in Ironman triathlons. You heard of these crazy things? Okay, Ironman things. An Ironman is this. I had to look it up. I didn't even know. 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bicycle race, and then you run a marathon on top of that. uh, 26.2 miles. That's an Ironman triathlon, okay? Now, hear me. I've got friends who have done one. I have friends who have done multiple no idea how or why they would ever want to do that, okay? But uh, imagine if I'm chatting with one of them and they motivate me, like I'm so inspired by them that they motivate me and I decide, you know what? I want to try this. I'm going to compete in an Ironman race. Now, here's what I don't do, okay? What I don't say is like, all right, I want to be an Ironman. So tomorrow I'm going to get up early and I'll try to do an Ironman, Right? 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, 26.2 mile run. Uh, What's going to happen if I get up tomorrow and try to be an Ironman? I'm going to drown in that swim, right? Like I'm dead. 2.4 miles don't sound far. Get in the water and try it. You'll die, right? You, I I mean, I would be dead. Uh, This is not how we go about running a race like this. We don't try. It's not like, oh, if I fail the first day, then I'll just get up the next day and try really, really hard the next day. It's not about trying. It's about training. And we laugh about this, but listen, this is how so many of us approach our discipleship. We want to go deeper with God, right? It's, it's a motivation in our hearts. We get motivated. We hear a preacher. We go, go to church. We go to a conference. Whatever it is, we get motivated. And then we start to apply the try harder method over that motivation. And listen, that motivation is great. But once that stuff dries up, it, we end up coming up short. The disciplines are meant to be different. We don't try. We train. We train. So with all of that in mind, that was a long intro, I know, but with all of that in mind, we're going to jump into our first discipline, uh, which is the discipline of the scriptures. The scriptures. If you want to go deeper with Jesus, you need to practice the discipline of being in the scriptures. And what we're going to do is we're going to essentially ask two questions, the why, why question, and the how question. Um, in every one of these disciplines over the next six weeks. Why do we need to be in the scriptures? And then how can we be in the scriptures? So here we go, into the scriptures. Uh, I have three words for you today about why we need to be in the scriptures. There are way, way more than this, okay? There's tons that we could say about this. I'm just giving you a few, okay? So three words. The first word is this. It's food, The first reason you need to be in the scriptures is because it's food. Anybody a foodie in here? Self-proclaimed foodie? I've seen your Instagrams. I know what you're talking about, right? I've seen those pictures, okay? Uh, real quick, anybody have a, the best place for pizza, okay? What's your place? Come on, tell me. If you say Domino's, you're out of here, okay? <laughs> Something. Costco. Costco, okay. So, what? Something? C-N-O-G. Okay, I got to write that down. So, actually, tell me that after, Okay. 
everybody's got a, a vote on pizza, right? Everybody has their favorite place. Okay, what about uh, chicken wings? Who's got the chicken wing place? Oh, there's something. Okay, if you're online, seriously, type some of these in for us. Okay, put them in the chat. I'll check them out later. You, chicken wings. Okay, everybody's got a chicken wing place. Best burrito. I don't even need to know. It's Chipotle. Yeah, you're, you're, I wouldn't even need to poll you guys, okay? Listen to me here. The scriptures are food. They're food. The scriptures, hear me, they're what sustain us. They're what we feed on. Matthew chapter four, I had you open there. Look at verse uh, one real quick. Then Jesus uh, was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You think? Matthew, you think he was hungry after 40 days and 40 nights of not eating? Yeah, I think he was hungry. Verse three, um, and the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Church, you have to listen to me on this one, okay? Being in the scriptures is about survival. It's about survival. Yes, yes, it does. It leads to depth and to maturity. It leads there. But on a very basic level, the, the scriptures are food that keep you going. They're, they're meant for your survival. I mean, man, I'm just trying to survive 2020. I, I have to feed myself the world. Now here, here's the question. When, when you miss a meal, what happens? I mean, Jesus just missed 40 of them or I don't know, 120 of them. What does it say? He says he was hungry. When you miss a meal, you're hungry. You get hungry. When you miss uh, being in the scriptures, what do you feel? Do you feel guilty? Feel like you've, you've failed, like you're letting God down? No, no, no. The, the primary thing you should feel, you should feel hungry when you miss being in God's Word. I mean, remember what John uh, says, uh, John records Jesus saying in John chapter six, I'll put it on the screen. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Listen, we, we get into the scriptures because they're food. They're food and the food that we get, Jesus just said, I am the bread of life. The food that we get is Jesus. He's the food that we actually receive. Jesus said, I'm the bread. He said he was food. Jesus is the word of God. So you shouldn't be asking yourself, hey, why do I struggle with writing, reading the Bible so much? Why is that so hard for me? The question you should ask yourself is this. Why am I not hungry? Why am I not hungry for more of Jesus? What's going on in my heart that's letting me believe that I don't need the scriptures as food for my very survival? Why be in the scriptures? Because it's food. Second word for why we need to be in the scriptures. You need to be in the scriptures because we are in a fight. We're in a fight. 
Matthew chapter four, Jesus is in the desert in a fight with the devil. Legitimately, literally in a fight with the devil in the desert. But hear me, church, we're in a fight as well. We're in a fight as well. Uh, You don't have to turn there, but Ephesians 6, uh, I put this up on the screen for you. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the cosmic powers of, the, of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts from the evil one. 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What is a sword? It's, it's a weapon, It's a weapon, church. The scriptures are a weapon. Why do we need to be in the scriptures? Because we're in a fight. Problem is, for so many of us, we don't actually believe we're in a fight. We didn't wake up this morning thinking, I gotta go go and do battle today. Very few of us think that way. Listen, if you're in a fight and you have an enemy and he is out to steal and kill and destroy you, like if you have to fight against the world and the flesh and the devil every day, as the Bible says we do, the only reason why you wouldn't want a weapon is if you didn't believe you were going to be attacked. That's the only reason why you wouldn't want a sword. But hear me, church, you're in a fight. And, and when you're in a fight, you want a weapon. And what did the Bible just tell us is the weapon? The weapon is the scriptures. I mean, back to Matthew chapter four, okay? Uh, back in Matthew chapter four, uh, Jesus, okay? We just talked about it's the word main flesh. Jesus, he's in a fight with the devil. And how does the word of God fight Satan, fight the devil? How does he fight? The word of God fights with the word of God. Did you notice that? That tweak your brain a little bit? It tweaked mine, right? Verse four, this is what he says. Every single time the enemy comes at him, he uses three little words. He says, it is written, and then he quotes scripture at the devil. Verse four, it is written, man shall not, be, uh, not, not live by bread alone. Down to verse seven, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 10, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. You are in a fight and the scriptures are your weapon. They're the sword that you brandish against the attack of the enemy. But I don't think we buy that very often. We don't think of our faith as a fight. We think of it as something seemingly more tame, but it is not. So the, the, the scriptures are meant to be food. Why are we in it? Because we, we need sustenance. We need food. Why are we in the scriptures? Because we're in a fight. 
You need a sword in a fight. And then third, why are we in the scriptures? Here's the third word, because we need to be fixed. The scriptures are our fix. God's word is meant to fix our brokenness. It's a medicine for our illness. It's a bandage for our wounds. It's our fix. Psalm 107 says this. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Listen to me right here. You need to be fixed. It's not just a one-time thing. You don't just come to Jesus and you get immediate fixing, but you need to be fixed. It's an ongoing day after day after day thing. We need to be fixed. And the scriptures are the place where God promises us healing and medicine and ultimately where we can find our fix. I mean, notice back in Matthew chapter four, after Jesus gets done with his fight, after battling the devil with the scriptures, in verse 11, it says this, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Like, listen, there's something about after doing battle with God's word that then that word is like medication. It like, it like ministers over me. It's healing for my wounds. The scriptures are very often the means by which God heals us and God saves us and God fixes us. It's food. You're in a fight and it's your fix. And y'all, there's so much more I could say, okay? But I'm battling the clock here, okay? There's so much more we could say about this. You know I'm a Bible guy, so I could go on about the Bible for a long time. I will save you that um, and move on from the why. I hope I've made my point. Why be in the scriptures? It's food, you're in a fight, and it's your fix. But, but now let's move it into the how, okay? I wanna make this really Practical, okay? So, how can I be in the scriptures? And I want to take each one of those three words and I want to answer kind of a question about them. And I hope that we'll find some practicality here, okay? Uh, If the scriptures are food, if they're food, if they're meant for your basic survival, how do I eat the food? Like, how do I get that goodness in me? How do you eat the food? You read. (laughs) Does that sound silly? You got to read it. You got to read the Bible. You got to read the scriptures. You got to read it every day. Okay? Remember, simple and consistent. Simplicity and consistency. So you don't need to read it for an hour every day. You don't maybe even need to read it for a half hour every day. But you need to be simple and consistent. Small things over a long time. You need to eat God's word every single day. You need to read it. Some of you do this already. Okay, some of you do this already. Uh, you're already training in this discipline. I just say, keep going. Don't give up on this. Keep running with this. But if you do not have a, have a daily discipline uh, of being in God's word, of reading God's word, or maybe you've slipped out of your routine. This year has just kind of thrown you a curveball and you're off the proverbial wagon, okay? Here's what I want to challenge you on, okay? For the next six weeks, Six weeks uh, for the length of this sermon series, I want to challenge you to read one chapter of the Bible 
five days a week. I'm not even saying seven, okay? We'll take two away for five days a week. Would you be able to read one chapter of the Bible? So here's what we've done. We've created this. It's the Disciplines Bible Reading Guide. Uh, you like that? If you like check boxes, and I do, this is for you, okay? Um, so this is on our website. You can uh, download this, and starting tomorrow, if you start tomorrow morning, Monday through Friday, uh, you read one chapter in the Gospel of Matthew every single day for five days a week. If you do that, you will have read through the entire Gospel of Matthew by Thanksgiving. You read the whole book of Matthew by Thanksgiving. Hear me, we're going to study Matthew next year. You're going to feel really good and prepped for that if you do this. So this is available for download, fathomchurch.org slash disciplines, okay? It, listen, if you've got your own thing, do it. If you've got your own thing, if you want something different than this, we've got other things on that site as well that you can download, other uh, guides and things like that. But listen, if you don't do this, here's your, here's your chance. I just give you a meal plan for the next six weeks, right there. Read the scripture. How do you eat the food? You read it. Now, hear me. here's the pushback on this, okay? Here's the pushback that some are going to have. I don't really feel like reading my Bible. But I don't really feel like reading my Bible. Bible. Bible? Bible. Very different. If you don't feel, listen to me here. Devotion requires discipline. Are you devoted to Christ? It requires discipline. Discipline. Church, discipline is the bridge between your goals and your outcomes. You want to go deeper? If that's your goal, the outcome is over here, depth. And the bridge to that outcome is discipline. If you have a goal and you want to get there, you got to get disciplined. You either suffer the price of the discipline or you suffer the price of not meeting your goal, of regret. Discipline is doing what you should even when you don't want to do it. So read the Bible, okay? You want to eat the food? Read it. Next, if the scriptures are a sword to bring to a fight, well, how do I fight the fight? How do I fight? How do I actually fight this thing? You memorize it. Now you're ticked at me, I know, okay? But... Um, like reading was one thing, but memorizing it? You serious, Chris? You need to memorize it because you need to get it inside of you permanently. This isn't just a cram session like I was doing when I was playing piano. You got to master some of this stuff. You got to get it in you so that when you're in the fight, it just oozes out of you. See, the problem about a fight is that when you're in the fight, you don't have time to go find a weapon. You're already in the fight. You need it then. You don't have time in the fight to pull out your Google and start looking for verses about faith. You need it then. You need it already. You need to carry your sword with you, within you. So again, if you're already doing this, if you memorize scripture, man, keep going. This is a lost discipline, okay? But you need to keep going on this. But hear me, we have on this same plan, on the scripture reading plan, there's a little section here at the bottom that says, memorize the scriptures, okay? Simple and consistent. I put six scriptures here that I think are scriptures that every Christian should embed deep into their hearts, should memorize. So six weeks, six scriptures, they are short, they are not difficult. And listen to me, I think you should 
seriously, take the challenge and try to memorize these passages. You would have six really meaningful passages memorized if you did this with us for the next six weeks. Maybe write it out on an index card, okay? Sometimes you write it out on an index card, write that, that, uh, that scripture out, carry it in your pocket. Every time you have a lull in, the, in, in your day, uh, right? You're standing in line at Chipotle or whatever, waiting on that phone call to come in. Instead of pulling out your phone and checking Instagram for the 538th time, Read the news. It's not, nothing has changed, okay? Since you last opened your phone to look at it, instead of doing that, pull out that card and work on memorizing it. Read that card, work on it, memorize the scriptures, embed them deep inside of you so that when you're in the fight, you've got a sword to pull. Here's the pushback for this one. Chris, I'm just no good at memorizing. It's not my learning style, okay? I'll never be able to do this. Listen to me. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh, I want you to, uh, we'll test it real quick, okay? I want you to finish this line for me, okay? This is a group participation thing, even at home, okay? You go ahead and help me with this too. Ding, 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 ding. You follow me here? Okay. All right, stop. Collaborate and I heard somebody. Yeah. Listen, if you can memorize your favorite song, if you still know Ice Ice Baby, if you know every single lyric to Baby Got Back, okay, you can memorize the scriptures. Do you know the Ring of Fire? If you know a Johnny Cash song, you can memorize the Bible. Just follow me here. You can memorize the scriptures. You've just chosen not to. You've shut that part of your brain off. I promise you, you can do this. It requires discipline, though. It requires you to train, but you can. Number three, finally, uh, if the scriptures are affixed to our brokenness, how do I apply the fix? How do I get some of that medicine in me? How do I get the bandage on the wound? How do you apply the fix? Here's the answer. You meditate on the scriptures. Don't just read it. Don't just memorize it. You need to meditate on it. Got to reflect on it. The Bible would say, consider it in all your ways. Fill your mind with God's word because as you meditate on his word, it will begin to fix you. It will begin to heal you. It's like a salve rubbed onto a burn, slowly soothing and healing that pain. Sometimes Christians get creeped out with the idea of meditation uh, because they have in their mind some sort of wonky Eastern new age, you know, uh, practice of meditation. But hear me, Christian meditation is different. Okay, Eastern meditation is the attempt to empty the mind. Christian meditation is actually an attempt to fill your mind, to fill your mind with so much of the scriptures that again, it just oozes out of you. Maybe this means you, you download a Bible app and, and you listen to it as you drive or as you run or as you walk. I don't know what this is for you, but, but listen, there are, again, a number of resources that I put on our website, fathomchurch.org slash disciplines. You can download apps on there. You can download reading plans. You can download ones where you listen to the Bible sung to you. All of that is there for you. Maybe you've got a verse, you write it on a sticky note, you put it on your mirror, you put it on your car, you put it on your fridge. I don't know. You just put it everywhere so that you get it in your system. Fill yourself with the scriptures. Meditate on them. Scriptures are food. They prepare us for the fight and they are a fix for our hurts. 
Before I end, as always, I want to remind us what the goal is here. The goal isn't to know the scriptures. Okay? Uh, The goal isn't a practice. It's a person. The goal isn't the means. It's It's the ends, right? The goal is not the training. It's in finishing the race. It's in being able to be the Ironman. It's in being able to be able to play the piano. The goal is not the written word of God. The goal is to go deeper with the word of God made flesh. The goal is Jesus. More of Jesus, deeper union with Jesus. Where Christians have gotten into trouble in the past is that they have made the discipline the win. Y'all, the discipline is not the win. Being a disciple is the win. So are you hungry? Jesus is food. In a battle, you feel that fight? Jesus says, bring your sword. He's ready to help you. You're hurting. You're broken. You're worn out. Jesus is the fix. And can we agree that just getting by is the worst? I'm done with it. I hope you join me in that. I'm done with just getting by. Let's step into the disciplines. Simple and consistent, not trying, but training, all with the goal of going deeper with Jesus, our rock, our redeemer, our cornerstone. Welcome to the disciplines. It's going to be a fun month and a half. Let's pray together. Yeah, Lord, we bless you today. It is good to to study your word. It's good to read your word. It's good to memorize your word. It's good to chew on this. And, and, And Lord, I pray that as your word has been proclaimed, it would not return void, but it would cut and it would convict and it would encourage and it would build up. And Lord, the the effect of the word going out would multiply in our hearts and our lives. Lord, I do pray that we would um would step into this discipline to become more like Jesus, to get more of Jesus in our lives. Lord, where we are settling to just get by, Lord, I pray we would seek to go deeper. I pray for, yes, motivation, but Father, more than motivation, I pray for disciplines to be formed in this that will survive past the point where motivation dries up and fails us. Lord, we would not be here in this room if we did not want to go deeper with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, empower us to do this. We love you, Father. We bless you, and we want to go deep with you. Help us to do that. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit.